download and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasting from the JNK Twin Studios. This is the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast Breakdown, an in-depth look at a Red season, player, or game. Now, here's your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And welcome to the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. I'm Scott Evans. He is Nick Lawson. What's going on, man? Gobble, gobble, baby. It is almost turkey day. I can taste it. I can smell it at least. (laughs) Well, you're not supposed to thaw it out uh, on the countertop for eight days. Yeah, I get hungry, man. I get a little hungry. I'm a fat guy. I get hungry. Get some salmonella poisoning with it. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, I uh, hope everyone has a safe and uh, happy Thanksgiving. And uh, this is also uh, the last week to um, get your name in the drawing for the Marty Brenneman Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame commemorative talking microphone. It's really cool. I'm holding it uh, in my hands. It says this. Uh, I don't know if you could hear that or not, but uh, it's a pretty cool item. Uh, you can get it very easily. Just take a screenshot of uh, your subscription to us on whatever platform you listen to us on. Email that to contest at redsfanschatter.com with the keyword rebuild, because that is what we're going to talk about on this episode. The uh, We're going to kind of grade the rebuild based on the trades, some of the free agent signings, maybe some of the draft picks that have made it. Draft picks are really hard to tell uh, if they're going to work or not until they get there. And really only Nick Senzel has been about the only draft pick uh, that's had any significant playing time since um, since the rebuild started. And uh, so it's that part's kind of hard to grade yet. But uh, we can uh, talk about some other players that should have had a better impact that didn't uh, on this as well. But uh, let's get thing is we got to determine when the rebuild officially began. I mean, I mean, the full blown up, blowing up the team. I was probably the all-star break in 2000 or before the trade deadline in 2015, but the Reds suddenly, suddenly started easy for me to say, uh, doing the rebuild after the 2013 debacle. Yeah. I think once they, Dismissed Dusty Baker. I think that's when it started. That's, that's yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first trade, and, and this is really all they did in, in, in the, between 2013 and 2014, as far as uh, traditional rebuild or anything like that. And and you did have some other players uh, to step in as well that made this make sense. But uh, three team trade. Oh, and one thing we're going to do through the, through this is Nick's going to be keeping. Keeping score, good trade, bad trade, or just kind of uh, in the middle. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of agree on, agree on each trade to see uh, where we fit that. But this trade, three team a three team trade uh, traded Ryan Hannigan to the Tampa Bay Rays, received David Holmberg from the Arizona Diamondbacks, and then the Rays sent a player to be named later, who was. Uh, Justin Chote, who never made the majors, to the Diamondbacks. And then the Diamondbacks sent Heath Bell and Cash to the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Tampa Bay Rays sent uh, Todd uh, Gleesman uh, also to the Diamondbacks. So the Reds got David Holmberg out of all that. 
Yeah, he did just well here, didn't he? Yeah, David Holmberg for the Reds, uh, negative one war, 5.49 ERA. That includes uh, one game in Arizona. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had a uh, 4.8 ERA his first season with the Reds in uh, two games and then six games in 2015, uh, 7.62 ERA. He did come back uh, for the White Sox in 2017. Uh, and 37 games out of mainly out of the bullpen, uh, serviceable 4.68 ERA, and that pretty much ended his his career. He gave up the long ball uh, like crazy here for the Reds. 2.4 uh, home runs per nine innings his first season, 3.2 his second season. That was only in about 58 innings of work. Yeah, I mean. I would rather have Heath Bell in that trade. Absolutely, think, uh, he did. He had a better career than um, Holmberg did. Yeah, the the the, Ray, the Rays know how to make some trades. They made some good ones. Yep. So uh, anyway, uh, that 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 goes into a loss for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 2014 Reds came out new manager, and uh, they did okay. They had a lot of injuries uh, that year. I mean, they made uh, some other trades going into the. Uh, or really nothing else going into that season. I think they did. Was that the season they brought Mar- Marlon Bird in, or was that 2015? I think that was 2015. So we'll get to that trade uh, coming up. Uh, draft picks that year. Uh, Alex Blandino was drafted in the first round. Uh, he's been a an okay uh, kind of 25th, 26th man on the bench type of utility player. Uh, I think he had an injury as well. Uh, TJ Antone, uh, he did, had a decent year in 2020. Uh, don't know where he's going to turn out. He's a fifth round draft pick. And then Brian O'Grady, um, was an eighth round pick in the, uh, 2014 draft. That's pretty much the players of significance that have made the, the majors in 2014. So nothing, nothing major there. Another move the Reds made in 2014, uh, signed Rossio Iglesias. Uh, who's been Jekyll and Hyde the last couple of years. Yeah, it was a good move at first. Yeah, uh, here's a trade of no uh, no significance. Jar Jurgens traded to uh, the Rockies for Harold Riggins. I'm not even going to bother counting that one way or the other. <laughs> they were like, who? <laughs> yep. Uh, August 31st, this trade. Uh, I would consider this a major trade. Traded Jonathan Broxton to the Brewers. Uh, received three player or received players to be named later, uh, Kevin Shackelford and Barrett Austin. Both of them saw time in the majors. Uh, this one I got put into the loss category, though. Yeah, that one was a bust. And uh, Broxton, of course, uh, he went on uh, after the Reds to play for uh, Milwaukee and also St. Louis, so it wasn't like he just faded away. He had uh, some decent years. His last two years in the majors, though, uh, not good. Had one good year with St. Louis, so, I mean, not a total loss. He's not someone that you really needed on a rebuilding team, but uh, the players we got back for him, eh, meh. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> nah. uh, moving on after the 2014 season, this is really when I – knew that it was going to be time that the Reds were going into the direction I feared because I, I really loved Johnny Cueto. He was my favorite uh, pitcher at the time. I liked these two pitchers as well as they had really good seasons with the Reds. 
But I think these trades actually turned out okay. December 11th, 2014, I was sitting in uh, CVG, getting ready to fly on a business trip to France and uh, sitting there at lunch because I, uh, I got to the airport way too early. I'm like, I'm just going to work from the airport today. I, I don't want to miss the flight um, and, and whatnot. So um, I was sitting there in the uh, Max and Irma's. <laughs> I don't even know if that exists anymore at the at CVG. Uh, and then all of a sudden I get the news alerts that Matt Latos had been traded to the Miami Marley Marlins uh, for Anthony Desclafani and Chad Wallach. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good trade. We get rid of a pain in the butt, and we we got a, a young pitcher and yeah. Desclafani. I mean, I always, good career I always like Matt Latos. He had a good career here, but uh, he had been injured. I remember that that red fest just a couple weeks before uh, his trade. Uh, he was not sure. I mean, he was joking around a lot uh, during the, which is not typical Matt Latos. Uh, so, I mean, he's really relaxed in the uh, Q and a with the uh, season ticket holders. But uh, he said one thing at the end, someone asked if how he was with his injury and he wasn't a hundred percent sure. And it uh, turns out based on how he played with M- Milwaukee uh, the Dodgers after that, uh, once he left the Reds, he was not the same number one, number two pitcher, um, that he was with the Reds in 2015. Uh, he had a 4.95 ERA, not bad, but he wasn't the, you know, the three ERA in a very hitter friendly ballpark that he was, uh, with Cincinnati. And uh, he never he lost like one or two games in the games that I went to that he pitched. So uh, he quickly became one of my favorite uh, favorite players on the field anyway. Uh, but after that, uh, did not do well. Was hung around into the independent leagues a little bit, uh, which was I mean pretty cool. You got to admire that he he absolutely had a love for the game and maybe the only thing that he knew how to do. And he was hoping for a miracle comeback like some players have seen. But uh, for the Reds, uh, Desclafani also had the injury bug uh, since twenty since he came on board in 2015. But uh, I, th- I think overall, uh, uh, definitely a win for the Reds. Uh, Desclafani had much better stats than Matt Latos uh, since that trade. Yeah, I think it was a good trade for the Reds. And, and this one may be the best uh, trade of the rebuild. Alfredo Simon to the Detroit Tigers for Jonathan Crawford, who I think most people at the time thought was going to be the key piece in that trade. And A. Eugenio. Oh, man. Suarez. <laughs> oh, A. Eugenio Suarez. Thank, Thank you. you. I cannot Detroit. talk tonight. But, uh, yeah, that trade, and, and the great thing is the Reds even signed Simon back the year later and wasn't the same pitcher and didn't last the entire season. But, I mean, for that trade, you gave up basically nothing and got an all-star third baseman. You got your franchise, basically. Yep, so and Suarez had a rough year in 2020 coming off the uh, injury but and the shortened season, but I, I expect big things to come from uh, from Suarez, so definitely a great trade. I mean, people want to say the Reds get nothing in the rebuild. The Reds got nothing in the rebuild, but they got Disco and Suarez in one of the key trades of the rebuild. So you, you can't really say that. So th- that's two in the win column all, all in one day. Yeah, it's great. I'll take it. Uh, here's the trade I was thinking of. This is for the 2015 season. It's like, okay, you're we're rebuilding. Okay. Maybe not. Uh, the Reds traded Ben lively, who was a top pitching prospect. 
Uh, got Marlon Bird in return uh, to the Phillies. Ben Lively uh, went on, pitched a few years, didn't have didn't have great success. His last year with the Royals had a 27 ERA in one game. Uh, so it, it wasn't a big of a loss as what the Reds gave up. But Marlon Bird didn't really do a lot with the Reds either. Uh, I think he was also a trade of the 2015 season. Uh, didn't get a lot in return. For the Reds, uh, the one season he was here, he hit 237 on base 286. So uh, that one maybe a wash. Yeah, I mean, we didn't even keep Bird that year. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't say it's a bad trade because you didn't really give up anything for him. But no, he, you brought you brought a, you brought a legitimate name in here to play the outfield, and, and was a power hitter at the time. Right. He just didn't pan out here. No, so I, I would put that in, in, into the wash category. So yeah. rest of the off season, as far as trades go, fairly uh, fairly calm in two thousand uh, in the two thousand fourteen off season. But that was a big move uh, moving. Uh, Matt Latos and uh, Alfredo Simon, because uh, they were big parts of those uh, championship teams or the division championship teams. And I, I know some people say if you if you win your division but don't win the World Series and you weren't really a champion, I kind of disagree with that. If you go to the Reds Hall of Fame, they got championship banners for for the division there, uh, for the pennants, for the National League pennants. So obviously the world champion is what you want to be, but division champion is uh, nothing to uh, nothing to put aside because uh, it's very difficult to win your division in a 162-game season. Well, especially this division, it, with all the competition that there is in this division, it's tough. Right. There, there's hardly ever a year where there's uh, – uh, not at least two teams, uh, two or three teams contending for the top uh, spot. Yeah, I mean, and the, and the Reds were on top of that division for a while. And like you said before, the, you know, within the, the rebuild happened, and the Cubs, they got better, and then the, you know, the Brewers got better, and the Pirates kind of sunk. Right. So going, but, into, in, going into the 2015 season, Reds didn't make any more major moves. They signed people like uh, Kevin Gregg. Ryan Matthews. I mean, so you, you knew they weren't really going all in, but they weren't fully going all out either. I know uh, Bob Castellini uh, really did not want to give up on uh, fielding a championship team every year. Uh, I think some, in some ways he was vindicated because the years that they, they never improved year over year from 2015 through uh, until this year when they actually spent some money in the off season. Uh, so, but, uh, let, let's go through some of the trades. So in 2015, here's some draft picks, uh, that we did see this year, Tyler Stevenson. I think that's going to be a really good draft pick. Yeah. I like him. I think that, that kid's going to be pretty good. Hopefully, uh, they can keep, uh, have him come up this year is what I'm hoping, uh, work with Tucker Barnhart on pitch framing and, uh, it's, it's going to be difficult though. Cause he's a, once, once you uh, get the clock started on a player like Tyler, you may want to not have him uh, share the spotlight or share the playing time. Uh, catcher's a little bit easier to share playing time just because the toll it takes on your body. Uh, catching 152 games, 162 games a year is something. Uh, I know Johnny Bench kind of regretted that he did early in his career, something Yadier Molina's done uh, a few years, even late in his career. But uh, overall, they usually get some – Days off, a catcher may play, may still get their bat in the lineup playing uh, 
first base or outfield at Johnny Bench played center field once, I think. So um That's awful. <laughs> he was he not a, remember, him playing, remember him playing third base and he was he was an awful play at third base. Oh yeah. But uh I mean he he couldn't catch anymore, but uh, he could still hit. And then uh, T- Tanner Rainey uh, was drafted. Uh, not really sure that worked out. Blake Trahan and Jimmy Hergett. Uh So some of those players didn't work out, but I, I think Tyler Stevenson out of that draft class uh, definitely worked. Love the pick overall, so it wasn't a high draft pick uh, like you expect, but I think he's going he's gonna to end up being a pretty good player. Yeah, I think uh, there was some expectations with Jimmy Hergett, but that didn't work out. He eventually left. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember where he wound up, but he went up and he actually made the majors in uh, 2020. Yeah, he uh, pitched. I think he made the majors with the Reds. Uh, he ended up with the, uh, uh, looks like the Twins. Oh, no, Texas. Okay. Texas. Okay. Texas. So he had a 3.2 ERA this year, 20 games. Uh, not bad. 19 innings pitched. Yeah, good for him. I like to see him uh, succeed in the game. Yep, absolutely. So here's where the here's where the nail in the coffin of the rebuild really started and the teardown, uh, the fire sale, so to speak. July 26, 2015, traded Johnny Cueto and Cash to the Kansas City Royals for Brandon Finnegan, John Lamb, and Cody Reed, three of the top uh, prospects in the Kansas City Royals. Uh, organization, uh, and I think this one is definitely a bust. I mean, Cueto, he was not the same pitcher after he left here. He did get the ring with the uh, with the Royals, but uh, after that, uh, he's had a couple decent seasons. But overall, um, I mean, twenty sixteen was his best season after leaving here. After that, he's had injuries and other issues. This year, had a five point four ERA, uh, but. Uh, Brandon Finnegan, John Lamb, and Cody Reed, they never could quite figure it out. Cody ended up being the best of the three, but uh, none of them were even close to uh, being a serviceable serviceable starter. I I think Brandon Finnegan still in the Reds organization. um, Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, now he's no longer on the 40-man roster, isn't taking up a roster space or anything. So he's just a minor leaguer. Uh, but well, uh, basically, Cueto was Cueto was traded for garbage, garbage, garbage. <laughs> uh, I don't, that may be a little harsh, but yeah, th- this trade definitely goes in the bad bad column. Yeah, definitely. I miss Cueto here. Yeah, uh, this tra- this trade, I, this one's kind of a tough to to judge. Mike Leake traded to the San Francisco Giants for Adam Duvall and Carrie uh, Mella. Of course, Adam Duvall had pretty good seasons until the end here. I, I liked Adam Duvall. Uh, nice guy. You and I met him at one of the, the uh, season ticket luncheons. Uh, really cool guy. Yeah. I mean, with uh, the- when he got traded, it was sad to see him go. He didn't really pan out in Atlanta at the beginning, but he had a pretty good 2020. Yeah. I mean, with the Reds, uh, 235 hitter, 297 on base. Uh, could hit the ball a mile, had 84 home runs yeah. with the Reds. Uh, with the Atlanta in three years, I mean, the stats are coming back to about the same as he was with the Reds. Uh, but like you said, a lot of that was uh, late 2019 and, of course, the shortened season in 2020. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think he even started the season with the Braves last year, not 2019. Right. I think he was in the minors. I think he was. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he had, in 2018 with the Braves, 
Once he had he, nothing. Yeah, 132 uh, with in 2019. Uh, he either started with the Braves or got sent down, but the, the numbers, I think he uh, he came back because they, they're fairly strong. 267, 315. This year, 237, 301. Uh, but uh, glad to see. I always liked Adam. Great guy. Uh, local guy, uh, born in Louisville. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so for that trade, I, I mean, it's either a – that may actually be a decent trade because Adam Duvall, when he was here, he, he was definitely a threat in the lineup. Yeah, I would put that in, and in, in it may be a decent, you know, uh, decent column, if you will, of a trade. I yeah. think he was good for he was a good for us. I mean, it, it was a short term, and it didn't really help get us to the next level of winning, but it, yeah. at least uh, it at least provided entertainment for the fans. So we'll, we'll put that in the win. Uh, the next trade, uh, as far as the 2015 fire sale, Mar- Marlon Bird traded to the Giants for Steven Johnson. Uh, we'll put that as a loss just because I can't even say that's a wash. Because <laughs> well, they, they, they had just unloading Bird's contract. Yeah, and, and I mean unloading Bird's contract, but you gave up a, a prospect for Bird for a lesser prospect in, in Johnson. So we'll, we'll put that. I think that's a loss. Yeah, that's a loss. Um. So yes, yeah, so that pretty much ended the mid-season trades and the you know the waiver trades, which uh, I think they got rid of this year. Yeah. Uh, moving into December, nothing really done before Reds Fest, uh, which is kind of surprising because uh, usually that happens. So I mean, people were afraid uh, that uh, Todd Frazier was going to get traded. I know Walt Jockety gave him the kiss of death after the All Star Game. In 2015, where Todd Frazier was just the superstar, and said, yeah. "Oh no, no plans to trade him." So uh, December 10th, we'll go through some of the Rule Five draft picks. Uh, none of them really stood out except for Chris O'Grady, who uh, I think we talked about was even drafted the year before. So that's yeah. uh, kind of weird. Uh, but Ariel Hernandez, none of these guys really worked out. Jake Cave was the guy I was excited about, but uh, he never worked out as well. I think he actually played some for the Yankees. Uh, didn't do well and didn't do that great in his career. Two twenty one career hitter, so nothing major there. Was he with Minnesota too? I think. Uh, you may be right. Yeah, he he played for Minnesota actually this year. Actually, okay. you no, know, all, all three years he played for Minnesota. Okay. So I, he went back yeah. to the Yankees and ended up with Minnesota. Um, yeah, he had some success. You know. Yeah, December sixteenth, two thousand fifteen. Heartbreaking trade to the point. I think I said Bob Castellini is worse than Mike Brown words that were said out of anger and not truth. <laughs> Especially after this yesterday's game of the Bengals. Oh my gosh. I mean, Marty Brenneman even, even uh, slammed the Browns on that one, but yeah. part of a three team trade, Todd Frazier traded to the Chicago white Sox in return. Got Brandon Dixon, Jose Peraza, Scott Shebler, and in addition, uh, uh, from the Dodgers, and then, then the Dodgers got Micah Johnson, Frankie Montaz, and Trace Thompson to uh, from the White Sox. None of those players. I know there's a lot of uh, hype about those three and saying we got the wrong guys. Really, none of these prospects <laughs> uh, turned out. Jose Peraz is probably the best of the bunch, and he, uh, he never uh, got to the level that uh, – that I think his potential showed. Peraza had maybe one good year here. Yeah. He was 
you know. Yeah, well, I mean, he was hitting everything. He got a hit streak going. Yeah, tw- in twenty eighteen, uh, and this is this is something we can say for another show. But ever since uh, a certain manager got here, it seems like batting averages plummeted for everyone. I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> in 2000, in 2018, Peraza was hitting 288 with a 326 on base percentage. He was living up to the hype that uh, Vince Scully uh, gave him on his debut game in uh, in Los Angeles, where uh, he compared him to I forget I want to say Babe Ruth, but that can't be right. <laughs> but uh, he, he compared him to a, a legendary player like Babe Ruth or somebody else uh, along those lines. I don't think it was Ted Williams, but uh, or Pete Rose maybe. I, I don't remember who it was. I'll have to go back and watch that game sometime if it's still available on the uh, MLB app at Bat App. I don't think it is, but uh, I did. I do remember that Vince Scully gave him all these high praises, compared him with a Hall of Fame player, and uh, I mean that wasn't Hall of Fame numbers in 2018, but that that's especially in today's game, 288, 326, 416 slugging. Uh, from a uh, defensive player, I'll take that every day. Well, usually, like a guy like Vince Scully, he's seen them all. He's seen all the legends, you know, come through in in Brooklyn and L.A. and whatever. Right. And he gives you he gives you praise. You know, it's 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 legit. Right. Well, and he, and he got that from, of course, some of the Dodger scouts. I don't think he right. he said that. I think he said some of the Dodger scouts compared him. I don't remember who the player is. Babe Ruth does not make sense at all. But for whatever reason, that's what's coming to mind. <laughs> Oh, but, uh, but nonetheless, uh, he had a lot of potential, uh, had some speed, uh, was seemed to always be afraid to use it though, which seemed weird because it's most stolen bases in the years. 23, of course, teams aren't stealing bases anymore. It's like bunting, bunting don't exist anymore. Right, right. Yeah. If he could have bunted, he probably could have hit 300 if, uh, Peraza could have, could have got bunting down, but yeah, 2019 with the reds, 239. And then uh, for Boston this year, hit 225. Uh, he is a free agent, so don't think the Reds will pick him up this year. But, but yeah, so out of, out of those groups, uh, Scott Shebler had, a, like, one good year and then fell off. Uh, uh, in 2020, he didn't he played one game uh, for Atlanta. I think he's a free agent this year as well. Uh, so, overall, I, I think as much as I love Peraza, uh, Todd Frazier never had hit for average, uh, was not the superstar player that we hoped he was, but, uh, definitely had a, uh, starting major league career, um, went back and forth for the Mets, the Yankees, the White Sox. Uh, I know the White Sox, uh, <laughs> was really his worst year hit two Oh seven for them. It seems like every time the Reds, uh, sent somebody to the White Sox, uh, they just didn't perform whether it be Adam Dunn or, or in this case, Todd Frazier. But uh, overall, I, I, I got to say this is a loss. You lose a huge part of the city. Uh, he was great at selling tickets. Uh, P- P- Todd Frazier had that really hard-nosed play that uh, Cincinnati fans love. Yeah, when, when he left, I mean, you, like you said, he went from the White Sox, he was in the Mets, he was the Yankees, he went the Rangers. <laughs> he went back to the Mets. You just He just couldn't really – find a home and, and i think here he, he was really comfortable and he and the fans loved him and he loved cincinnati right and the next the next trade we're going to talk about i think partially led to the todd frazier trade because i think the reds really wanted jose peraza and i think they had a deal worked up for and maybe even some better players 
until uh, his Cuban redneck house party caused <laughs> caused the uh, deal to the Dodgers to uh, fall apart. Aroldis Chapman uh, to the Yankees in exchange uh, for players uh, that I, th- I think at least one of them ended up being a great coach. Uh, but uh, Eric, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Yegalo. Uh Caleb Kaufman, who uh, or Cotham was – uh, he actually ha- he did decent here as a reliever, but uh, he was a much better pitching coach. Now is going from the Reds uh, organization into the Phillies as their as their main pitching coach, replacing Brian Price. Uh, rookie Davis, who I thought uh, may end up being a lot better than he ended up being, <laughs> and uh, Tony Renda. So definitely a loss on that trade. You lose one of the best closers in the game. Uh, I mean, he's going to go down probably as the second best Yankees closer in history. Um, I, I, I I hated this trade. I hated to see Lee Rose Chapman go. Oh, I, I did too. I mean, Grant, I, I say second best because especially his postseason with the Yankees the last couple of years have not been good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and, and and Mariano Rivera is probably is the best reliever of all time. Uh, Chapman though. Uh, I mean, it's amazing if you're a Yankees fan. Uh, you haven't had to worry about the closer for the most part. No, they've had some great ones from John Wetland to Rivera and, and yeah. the oldest Chapman. So, yeah. Been uh, and even when Chapman was with the Cubs the one year after after he uh, left, after the Yankees didn't have him in 2016, uh, uh, Chapman, they had, I think, Andrew Miller. So, uh, Oh, yeah, I remember Andrew Miller. Yeah, so, I mean, the Yankees – the Yankees are never going to be without a closer, I don't think. But to uh, have uh, Chapman and uh, and Rivera as part of your history, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then as far as that goes, that pretty much finishes up the trades of 2015. Uh, definitely tear, tore apart uh, the playoff run teams of Dusty Baker. Uh, Brian Price never could put it together. And now he was going to have a team without any stars. Uh, so going into the 2016 season, this one ends up being a, a significant trade, not necessarily because of how he performed here, uh, but for a future trade, uh, they signed Dan Straley off waivers from the San Diego Padres and, and Straley did pretty good here. Yeah. He had a pretty good career, especially here. Um, I thought he could have been. Maybe he could have had a better career. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, things but, happen. But the year, the year here, he didn't do too bad. Yeah, when he went to the Marlins, though, he just kind of fell off the map. He right. one, I think he did have a pretty decent year with them. Then after that, he just couldn't really get it together. I think he went to Japan or something like that. Yeah. So, um, so uh, other moves in 2016, going into the 2016 season. Nick Sinzel drafted in June. I, I think that's definitely going to be a winner. I know he's had injury issues and COVID issues. Uh, COVID won't be an issue, hopefully, in the future for him uh, and for us <laughs> because uh, reinfections have been very rare, and I hope it stays that way. Uh, J- Joel Kunal was also drafted in the 11th round that year. I think he saw some time this year in the majors. Uh But uh, other than that, it was a fairly quiet year. Nothing major at the trade deadline. Uh, of course, you know, when you trade all away all your big parts, uh, nothing happens. Then the Reds couldn't get it done at the trade deadline, but uh, shortly thereafter, they trade Jay Bruce uh, to the Mets. Uh, 
I think this is a waiver trade. It was August 1st, and the trade deadline's usually July 31st. I'd have to go back and look, but uh, this is definitely a loss. Uh, the Reds got Max Waddle or Wotel and uh, <laughs> D- Dilson Herrera for Jay Bruce. <laughs> I, you know, Delson Herrera had some talk and some, you know, they were, talking, they were talking about how good of an infielder he was. He wasn't. <laughs> he sucked. Oh, this is, a, I almost want to count this as a double loss, but uh, we won't. It, it's definitely a lost trade. Um, Reds I didn't. I think even there was, there was mention of a Brandon Nemo was included in that yeah, trade at first, yeah. and then they, re, they rescinded that. I would have took Brandon Nemo in our beat. Oh, absolutely. And then we get awesome. Delson Herrera. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but an F trade. Yeah, October twelfth. I'm just mentioning this because uh I know a lot of Reds fans gave him grief. He wasn't as bad as he wanted. We may even do a show on him one time. JJ Hoover granted free agency October twelfth, twenty sixteen. I think he was glad to get a change of scenery. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, another trade, November second, twenty sixteen. Not really significant other than the fact this is one of the players we gave. Um Gave up for uh, or got in return for uh, uh, Johnny Cueto. John Lamb was contract was sold to the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> no, no comment there. No comment. I mean, the only thing I would say about him, he looked like a classic version of uh, John Schneider. That's the only thing I really remember about uh, about John Lamb. Yeah. Besides him being left-handed, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm more partial to lefties anyway because I am left-handed myself. Right. Um, he sucked. <laughs> he was terrible. Even when the Angels will tell you he sucked. So uh, he, here's kind of a trade uh, that uh, um, it, it all happened in one day. Uh, the Reds uh, drafted Louis Torrens from the New York Yankees in the Rule 5 graft, draft, sent him to the Padres, in return for Josh Van Meter. So Luis Torrens went on to, uh, I mean, he has a 257 career batting average. In 2020, he hit 254, 323, so not bad in, in 59 games. And, of course, Josh Van Meter had a couple of nice runs, short runs and streaks with the Reds, but overall, uh, 211 hitter, 304 on base. I know some of the Reds fans really loved him, but uh, this year he was not good at all. Nope. Uh, so I'm going to put this uh, interesting. I think I'm going to put this in the loss column. I thought it was well, going to be more well, of a wash, but uh, I mean, Lewis Torrens, uh, if we would have been able to keep him, uh, of course he was a catcher and the Reds have abundance of catchers. So maybe, maybe not, but uh, 254, 323, 373 this year. I, I think that's uh that's a little bit better than uh, than what we had last year in 2019 in very limited games. Hit uh, hit uh, 273, uh, but this year he played in uh, in uh, let's see 18 games. So eh, man, let's put it back in the wash. I thought I, I didn't look at the number of games played, so you didn't give up a lot, but. Uh, and Van Meter did fill a role a couple of times last year, so uh, we'll we'll say that's a wash, unless you think it's a negative. It's either a wash or a negative. I'll let you make the decision on that one. 
Well, I mean, Van Meter was good in 2019 when he came up. He was hitting everything out. And then 2020 came, and he couldn't hit anything out. He couldn't hit anything out of the infield. And they wound up with, yeah. with uh, their Diamondbacks. Yeah, I say let's but Yeah, it's a wash. It's a wash. Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't really give up anything for him, but uh, so. No. So, yeah. So, uh, let's see. The next trade uh, didn't happen until 2017. And this trade... I think is probably maybe the best trade. It's right up there with at least the uh, Suarez trade trading Dan Straley. And we're like, Oh great. He had a great season. Let's just get rid of him. Uh, instead we got Zeke white, Austin Bryce, who uh, had a cup of coffee with the reds. Uh, didn't perform well, but also got Luis Castillo for Dan Straley. So uh, w- what a great move uh, by the reds and a confusing one from the Marlins. Well, the Marlins gave up the ace. Oh, absolutely. The kid, his young kid, who was he was hungry to, to be in the majors, and the Reds gave him a chance, and look what he's done. He's done really well here. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a plus. Absolutely. That, that That's definitely a winning trade. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Dick Williams was the uh, GM for that trade, for the people that hate Dick Williams and worry about Nick Crawl. He was, he was in the organization at the time as an assistant GM, uh, did, did a lot of uh, – a lot of the scouting on that kind of on this deal. So that's off to him for that. Absolutely. Uh, moving on 2017. I, I hated this trade, uh, but it, it needed to happen. Uh, at worst, this is probably a uh, wash or loss. Eh, I'll let you decide. Traded a player to be named later and Brandon Phillips to the Atlanta Braves for Carlos Portundo and Andrew McCarron. No, that's, that was crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hate we, it. we gave up. We gave up a guy that was a multi-time Gold Glover, and I mean, basically, he was getting old anyway. And he's he was getting story, old, but but you got nothing in return. No, absolutely not. I know people wanted to. I always wanted him to be a red for life, like he wanted to be. But it was kind of cool to get let him go play. Uh, in his hometown of Atlanta, did really well the one year he was there, 291, 329, uh, then got traded to, or signed with Los Angeles Angels, didn't do anything there, played with Boston for a cup of coffee in 2018, and since then he's been playing in the uh, in the independent leagues. I think he played in Mexico one year. He played in, for uh, the Lexington Legends this year, uh, Plays a few games in Florence as well. First, he wasn't going to. Then I think some money was exchanged or his contract was reworked so Florence could get some of the love as well. Uh, but uh, but one of my favorite players, I know he's very controversial. With some, some people uh, just didn't like him. So a lot of the media absolutely hated Brandon Phillips. Uh, but I, I think once his career is finally done and uh, we can get back to regular schedules on uh, Reds Hall of Fame, I think he'll be in the next class of the Reds Hall of Fame in 2022. I agree. He deserves to be there. If he's eligible. Yeah, I mean, as long as he stops playing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know if they count the independent leagues or not, but, I mean, if he turns up playing again this year uh, for a major league team for some reason, uh, then that's going to push his clock back probably to 2024. Well, look, look what happened to Julio Franco. Oh, I know. He played, he played until he was 49. Oh, I know. <laughs> and then Jamie Moyer. Jamie Moyer played if he's 49. Yeah, and another interesting move that I found interesting in, in 2017 is when they signed Bronson Arroyo as a free agent. 
I love Bronson. Bronson's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, the, here's here's a move I think worked out short term, at least for a memorable game, if nothing else. Uh, March 28th selected Scooter Jeanette off of waivers from the Brewers. That was an awesome move. Yeah. At the time, I mean, Scooter, I don't think he was really starting in Milwaukee, and then the Reds picked him up, and then we were off and running. Yeah. In uh, 2017, at the trade deadline, really only one move made. Um, they sold the contract to Tony Renda to the Diamondbacks. Nothing, I wouldn't even count that in any of the categories. And then uh, July 31st, traded Tony Singrani to the Los Angeles Dodgers in return for Hendrick Clementia or Clementatina. And Clementia? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. And uh, Scott Vance, like, I, I would put that one. I think I'll put that in the loss because Scott Van Slyke, uh, I mean, he had a good career with the Dodgers, but uh, didn't even play with the Reds. So His only claim to fame is his dad's Andy Van Slyke. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah, I would put that in as a loss. That was just getting rid of the yeah. – uh, that was just getting – Yep, getting rid of the trash. <laughs> uh, or getting rid of the contract more than anything, I think. Yeah. And then yeah, and then they didn't make a move and I was kind of glad just because of the whole donkey thing. Uh but they they had Zach Cozart and evidently no one wanted to wanted to make a, a deal or the Reds didn't uh like the like the marketing with it with him and Joey being on the All-Star team and getting the donkey going and and the goodwill there but uh Zach Cozart released granted free agency after the 2017 season and I mean, really, we're kind of getting to the end of the of the rebuild. 2018 kind of go definitely goes into the rebuild category. Uh, started off with one of the worst performances to start a season of my lifetime in 2018. Going into 2018 season, didn't really make any major moves there. Uh, going into the season that I, that I remember in 2018, I'm sure there were some, but. Uh, I mean, they, nothing that I can see. <laughs> no. No. Except uh, for, you know, firing a crappy manager they had. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now, in the season, in April, uh, traded Tony Sanchez for a player to be named later. I think they just got cash for him. Errol Hernandez went to the Dodgers for Ibendo Isabel and Zach Neal. Uh, still nothing significant. Yeah. Here's a trade. I think this was a win for the Reds, even though it was only a rental player. Devin Mazzarocco to the Mets for Matt Harvey. I hate Matt Harvey. See, I like Matt. <laughs> Matt Harvey was really nice to me once at, at a photo day, so I, I give Matt Harvey all the props. Uh, I'm glad the Reds – I wanted the Reds to re-sign him in hindsight. I'm glad they didn't. Uh, but uh, at, at, he turned that season at least to give us something something to cheer for because Brian Price and the entire team, you can't just put it all on uh, on him. Um, well, I mean, Matt, Matt came in here and he, he, you know, he, he had a little bit of negativity with him because he, you know, the problems he had at the Mets. See, I, I didn't, came, there, there was, and he, I didn't see, he pitched any, well. I didn't hear any of the negativity when he came to the Reds, but, uh, he had a reputation in New York. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of. I mean, Sonny Gray had a reputation in New York, so 
I, I don't, I don't, I don't give any credence to that. But, uh, but yeah, in, in the in hindsight, I'm glad the Reds did not keep him because I think, I really think uh, the way he played and took to the city, I, I really think Bob wanted him to stay. Well, when he was a free agent after he left here, he started talking crap about Cincinnati. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I don't care. Screw him. Oh, <laughs> uh, then we get. I'll into- put him in. I'll put him in the Matt Latos category. Yeah. Yeah. So July 4th traded Dylan Floro, Zach Neal, and international bonus slot money to the Dodgers. This makes no sense to me. I, even though it's inconsequential, I put this in the negative. Received James Marinan and I'm not even – some guy named Zabala. Who? <laughs> A-N-E-U-R-Y-S. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I like Dylan Floro. I thought he was a good relief pitcher. Yeah, I mean, and then we got rid of him, and got gave up international bonus money, and got uh, nothing. Yeah, that was a dud. Yeah, July thirtieth, two thousand eighteen, traded Adam Duvall to the Atlanta Braves for Lucas Sims, Preston Tucker, and Matt Weisler, or Whistler. And uh, I, I'll put this in the positive because, as we were talking about earlier, Duvall was kind of the kind of falling off with the Reds. Uh, Lucas Sims had some big games with the Reds since then, including this year. So uh, I'll put that in the positive. Yeah, I like Lucas Sims. I think he's got a bright future. Uh, then on September 2nd, uh, we sent Preston Tucker to the Braves. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And then Matt Harvey was uh, granted free agency on October 29th of that year. And we get into 2019, which I think uh, becomes – the end of the rebuild. So I think this may be one of the last trades that we'll consider part of the rebuild traded shed long and a draft pick to the New York Yankees for reliever, uh, Revier San Martin and sunny okay. and sunny gray. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got one ace out of that. Yeah. That's definitely goes into the wing column. Uh, Shed Long ended up in uh, Seattle in 2020 uh, and in 2019. So far as a career, 223, 294, 383 hitter. Uh, just, I'll take Sonny Gray every day before those stats. I know some people were upset about who the Reds give up. You're going to have to give up something to give up to get a uh, a good pitcher. Sonny Gray, of course, struggled in New York, but uh, he has flourished uh, being reunited with his college uh pitching coach uh, here in Cincinnati with Derek Johnson. Uh, so huge win on that trade and and definitely a big part of the success in 2020. Yeah, I love having Sonny Gray here. I mean, the guy, he fits in with the rotation. He loves the Cincinnati. We love him too. Right. And then in uh, 2019 at the trade deadline, uh, I, I think this goes into the rebuild in a different way. People were, I think we're still expecting because the Reds were sucking in 2019. Uh, and, you know, and they were expecting a lot more. Oh, we've, we skipped a very big, important trade. Yeah, we did. I was thinking about that. <laughs> Sorry. December 21st, 2018. I wanted to jump to the, to the really good one, but I consider this one a good one as well, just because you got rid of $28 million. Yeah. Jeter Downs. Good. Josiah Gray and Homer Bailey to the Los Angeles Dodgers for Kyle Farmer, Matt Kemp, Puig, and Alex Wood and Cash. 
is we, we I mean we got money for that. We got four players and cash from the Dodgers yeah. for Homer Bailey and a couple of minor leaguers. Jeter Downs, I know a lot of people were upset that he was he was gone. He did play uh, some uh, in 2020. Nope, he did not. I thought he played in 2020, but uh, those were simulated stats for the Red Sox. So he's in the Red Sox organization now as shortstop and second baseman, but. Uh, but I, I, getting rid of Homer Bailey, Kyle Farmer's proved to be a very good utility guy. And, uh, you know, Matt Kemp didn't last. Puig was good for half a season. Uh, brought a lot of uh, positivity to the city uh, while he was here. Alex Wood, unfortunately, was injured and I think ended up back with the Dodgers. Uh, yep. So I, I put that as a good trade. Because Bailey... Uh, he was so frustrating. People talk about Joey Votto's, um, Joey Votto's contract uh, weighing down the Reds. Nothing weighted down the Reds more than Homer Bailey's contract. Yeah, even when he went to the Dodgers, they, they released him right away. Oh yeah, they didn't. Want, they don't want to pay him twenty eight million dollars either to lose no. games. No, I wouldn't either. So I mean, like, yeah, let's get him, get rid of him. Yep, so let's go into the 2019 mixed bag trade deadline of uh, some selling but also some buying. So we'll start with the selling first. Traded Tanner Roark uh, was one of the big offseason signings uh, going into 2019 uh, to the Athletics uh, for Jamison Hanna. That's, we'll put that in the loss category just because that was definitely a sell. Also traded Scooter Jeanette and Cash to the Giants. Received a player to be named later. Um, we'll put that in the in the either a loss or a wash. Probably a wash. Yeah, because I mean Scooter had he had been he he started slipping in 2019, uh, hitting 234. I'm sorry, that's what he hit with the Giants. 217 with the Reds in uh, 2019 after having an all-star season in 2018. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll put that as a wash. No, it wasn't all his fault. He did hurt himself in spring training. Right. It was actually the last game of spring training. He hurt his, hurt his I think, his hamstring or something. Yep. It was never the same after that. So the major trade, though, part of a three-team trade, Reds Taylor, traded Taylor Trammell or Trammell, to the Padres and Scott Moss and Yasiel Puig to the Indians received Trevor Bauer from the Indians. And in addition, the Padres sent Victor Nova, Logan Allen and uh, Fran Mill Reyes to the Indians. So out of that deal, I think the Reds got the best, best of it. You ended up getting a Cy Young award winner. Granted he's a free agent now, so it doesn't help you beyond 2020, but, uh, the Reds would not have been a postseason team. They would not have had a winning record in 2020 had uh, Trevor Bauer not been part of the team. Oh, yeah, definitely. Trevor brought a lot of positivity, brought a lot of talent, and he, he had a winning attitude, and, and he showed it with his talent. And, and he deserved a Cy Young Award. Hopefully he comes back in 2021. We'll see. Yeah. So what is the final tally of the trades uh, that we've gone over? Uh, a lot of negatives. A lot of negatives. How many negatives? A lot of negatives. Uh, I would say about 10 negatives. How many positives? 
Uh, look like we got about five. Oh, okay. So see, that was actually worse than I thought, but, um, yeah. I mean, so, some of the positives, if you weigh them down, uh, for 2020 definitely helps, especially the latter ones, but yeah, some of the other trades uh, definitely negatives weighed us down. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to say the rebuild was successful when you didn't like, you never saw any improvement year over year, uh, from 2015 on, it was like the exact same record again, exact same record again. Oh, you fell game worse. You're going the wrong direction. Uh, and a big part of that, and uh, before I get on my rant and before we wrap up this show, I, I think a big part of that is the pitching absolutely sucked after Johnny Cueto and Mike Leake were traded. Yeah, you really didn't have anybody to anchor your pitching rotation. And, and, and the guy that should have been there, the he was the hyped uh, pitching pitching draft pick. He never materialized. He had a couple glimpses in, in the bullpen. Uh, since then, but they didn't draft him number one or number one to be a bullpen guy, and that's Robert Stevenson. And, and he wasn't he wasn't even effective as a bullpen guy either. He never had control, especially, especially in twenty twenty. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he never had he never he never really got fully control of the strike zone. Uh, I remember I remember hearing the hype about him because he threw one hundred and one uh, as a young player. But, I mean, you didn't know where that ball was going to go. I remember seeing him pitch a game in uh, Pensacola in 2013. I'm like, okay, he's, he's high on the, on the board. He's getting strikeouts. But he was walking a bunch of people in that game. And he must have thrown three or four pitches back to the backstop. And his catcher was a pretty good catcher in that game. He's won two gold gloves since in the majors. Tucker Barnhart was catching for him in that 2013 game. And uh, I mean, he he was he was all over the place. He didn't make it out of the fifth inning in the game. I think the I think the Blue Wahoos won that game. But uh, uh, but either way, uh, I mean, it, it's it, it's ridiculous when when you make these big trades. And this is why St. Louis doesn't have the long term rebuilds. And this is what Saint, what the Reds should be, or were, at least that was the game plan when Castellini took over. They wanted to model the Reds organization after the Cardinals organization, beyond just picking, you know, up uh, guys like Jason Marquis or Kevin Gregg along the way, or Scott Rowland, uh, or Walt Jockety for that matter. But, I mean, they wanted that uh, consistency that takes to win in a medium market where, you know, you can't go out and spend like the Yankees every year. And, no, in a small market, you don't have that kind of money. Right, and medium market, you got to be able to where if you can't like when the when Albert Pujols left the Cardinals, they didn't have an Albert Pujols ready to fill in, but they didn't miss a beat because they had other players on the team that could. Uh, they had the fan base that goes to the games like crazy, which gives them more money to spend in free agency than the Reds. I mean, the market sizes are are fairly comparable uh, in TV and radio markets. Uh, St. Louis is bigger, but uh, I mean, it's, it's not like a, it's not like a New York or Chicago. Uh, so, I mean, the reds, the reds, if they could, if they could get over the marketing hump and, and uh, I mean, guys like Trevor Bauer, if the reds sign him and fans are allowed back in the stadium next year, that's going to be a huge win for the reds. Cause one thing that Bauer does, he markets himself, whether you like that or not, He's going to bring people to the game to watch him pitch, whether they're Reds fans or not. And you gotta you gotta have that. 
And uh, I mean, and then he performs too. Because if he, I mean, he, he could be he could be all over YouTube, but if he's if he's not pitching well, you're not going to bring butts in the seat. So it has to be a combination of both. Pete Rose did that. Johnny Bench did that back in the '70s in different ways. He was he, they were entertainers as well as ball players. And you need some of those guys, but they got to they got to perform. No one was going to want Johnny Bench singing on Hee Haw if uh, he wasn't a World Series All Star catcher, Hall of Fame catcher. Right, like you know, you go old school. I mean, anytime Nolan Ryan was coming to town, oh, absolutely. I was I was going to get my ticket and I was going to be at the game because I want to see Nolan Ryan pitch. Yeah, I mean, but I mean that's that's the thing the Reds need. They need players uh, that that can perform well put butts in the seat and uh and you know and and that's the one thing that uh you know so the reds come out and sign and are find a way to sign trevor bauer that's going to energize the fan base for 2020 right now everybody's saying the reds have no shot i don't believe that's true i believe nick crawl uh, is going to do everything he can to re-sign to re-sign uh trevor bauer without wrecking the franchise too because you know they if they go out and sign him for 40 million dollars a year and he gets hurt or, you know, doesn't have the same Cy Young year, then you're going to hear the same complaints that you hear about Joey Votto as he's uh, getting into his aging seasons. Oh, the contract's weighing the Reds down. They never should have signed that money. It, it, it's one of those things. But but as far as the rebuild, I can't really call it successful because the reason they had success in 2020 is they went out and spent a bunch of money. <laughs> Uh, they didn't really rebuild with from within. I mean, there's a lot of draft picks in the in the uh, system that I think 2020 hurt because they didn't have a regular minor league system. So Hunter Green, uh, some of the other draft picks, J- Jonathan India, who's either going to be a player that performs on the team or is going to be a key piece for a trade that brings in somebody uh, that's going to help the Reds reach that next level. But uh, hopefully the Reds move forward. In 2021, hopefully COVID uh, from the finance side did not hurt it that much. Hopefully uh, the disease gets under control where fans are going to be allowed. I mean, I think they are. I mean, fans are still allowed in in football stadiums, even in, in states with high, uh, high occurrences. So uh, maybe there will be some fans, but I think the Reds are hoping to have near full capacity at some point next year. So hopefully that can happen. And the Reds can continue to uh, survive like a lot of us. Uh, I know a lot of their employees were off the entire season this year because there was no fans. Yeah, and, you know, it, as long as the numbers keep going up, I think you're not going to see fans until. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's really hard to say. We'll, I guess we'll find out in January when we have a new national administration. I mean, one of my frustrating things, and this is way off topic, but I mean, we live uh, in the Cincinnati area. There's three states, Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. All three of them have different rules, different standards, different ways they measure cases, different ways that they say, okay, you're different color codes. Uh, I mean, there's no standard to, to tell if, you know, in one case, a 4% positivity rate is extremely high. If you're talking about New York and, and Kentucky and Ohio, like, oh, let's party. <laughs> Maybe not that far, but, but I mean, it, it's crazy. We, we need a national standard. I don't care what it is. Just, you know, give us our goals, whether they're realistic or not. 
and, uh, and go that way. So that, that's kind of my rants on that. Um, I know the Reds are planning on having fans. I hope they're not going the prepackaged food route. <laughs> Seems like I talk about that every time, but I saw that in the survey. I'm like, ew. Uh, I'll just go across the street and get a burger from the Holy Grail. <laughs> so anyway, I, I think summing up 10 bad trades, five good ones. Some of them are really good though. Like Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo. I think the good ones overall outweighed the bad ones, but there were a lot of bad trades that uh, I think prolonged the losing uh, during the, uh, the so-called rebuild years. Yeah, there were some good ones. I mean, you, you can't go wrong. When you still have a guy on the team that you traded for five years ago, and it's oh, still absolutely. doing very well. Absolutely. So I think to sum up, let's hope we don't have to go through a rebuild again, that the Reds farm system works as a feeding system because, you know, Joey Votto, and he's going to be retiring in a few years. So, I mean, the Reds need to start thinking about who's going to play first base for them in three or four years. I mean, if the if the DH comes to the NL, you may see Votto DHing most games. I mean, you have Mike Moustakis, but he's he, his contract's going to end up being around the same time as Votto's. Uh, so Nick Kroll has, hopefully, since he's been there forever, and in, in the organization hopefully has the long-term view as well as the short-term view. Uh, the fans are always going to have the short-term view, but... Uh, you gotta you gotta look at that because I don't think uh, Walt Jockety, uh either he didn't do it or the drafts just kind of the players didn't live up to their standards uh, or to their to their potential like uh, like a Robert Stevenson uh, to where you could weather through uh, rebuild years and win 70, 80 games. I mean, in Tampa Bay, every year is a rebuild year. Yeah. I used to not having fans there, <laughs> so it can, it can be done. Well, but they went to the World Series this year. Well, sixty game season, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean they've had, they've had winning seasons year after year. They're in a really tough division, and they they just don't spend money there because they don't get fans. They're in a, a media market very similar to Cincinnati, uh, so weather's much nicer there. Their their stadium absolutely sucks. It's difficult to get there. Yeah, it's a turd. I mean, you you have to go over a toll bridge, or I'm sure there's some back ways to get there. But I mean, who wants to go through that just to go to a ball game? That's true. I've been to Tampa. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, I will wrap up this show. Reds rebuild. Let's don't do it again. If we do, let's make it much shorter. I mean, most rebuilds, though, if you look back, even like teams like the Royals, they last four to six. The Astros. They last four to six years, so hopefully the Reds can uh, build upon a, a winning 2020. Let's do it, man. I want to win a World Series before I die. <laughs> All right, that wraps up this episode. If you've listened to us this far, thank you very much. Send us a like. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Uh, you can follow us at Reds Fans Chatter on Twitter and at the Reds Fans Chatter Facebook uh, page, group, and uh, wherever you find social media. Yeah, we're on Instagram as well, so uh, check us out. Like us there. All right. Until next time, go Reds. Go Reds.